He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Uh, I love the idea of create, creating something out of nothing and really just being in a fast-paced environment with a lot of creative people. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. All right, Slick Talkers, we are back. And today's a fun episode because this is not the first time I'm going to see Maddie today, but Maddie, uh, forgive me if I butcher your last name, uh, Rifkin? Yep, that's correct. Perfect. Okay, perfect. That's my like worst thing of being a podcaster is that I suck at names. So um, it's kind of the, the golden rule, I guess, that I just mess it up every time. But welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on and to learn more about what you're doing with Mount. So let's uh, jump right in. Tell us a little bit about your story and who you are. Awesome. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Um, a little bit about my background. I've been an entrepreneur for many years now. I started my first company when I was 12. Uh, we were we were making bike locks of all things. Uh, got, my, got my first patent for that when I was 15 and then really dove deep into entrepreneurship uh, through my degree at Northeastern University. I'm still relatively young. Um, but now, you know, starting another startup in the hospitality space, Mount. Uh, it's been a long time coming, still in the mobility space. Uh, really went out and learned from the micromobility giants like Bird and Lime, Ford, Uber and Lyft, and just tried to soak up as much knowledge as possible and uh, created a team to do just that, basically distill what they're doing down and be able to launch mobility as an amenity. And so that's what we're focused on right now. Well, can I ask what is up with this obsession with mobility? It sounds like from 12 and up to now, that's been your thing. Like what, is there a certain story behind that? Or are you just an active person? So being on bikes and, and scooters and we'll obviously dive into what Mount is, but um, is that kind of been like your thing? I definitely say so. I grew up in Denver, Colorado, so I was always on a bike. Um, kind of had an adversarial relationship with cars and a, a vendetta to get people out of them and onto bikes and scooters. I was um, hit by a car when I was 16. So definitely would like to see people in major cities, you know, that it's already congested enough. Let's get out of the car and onto a bike and scooter. Yeah, no, that's not cool, but cool. Like a cool story from the fact that you've turned that negative into a positive, especially with that entrepreneur spirit, I think is super incredible. Um, so tell us what is Mount? Like, what exactly do you guys do? Yes. Good question. So Mount in essence is a mobility as an amenity company, meaning we will take electric bikes and scooters, package them up, uh, with our proprietary app and software platform, basically enabling Airbnb hosts, vacation rental property owners, and, uh, like property managers to take this package and be able to launch scooters and bikes at their property for the specific use of their guests. So it's a closed system. The guest would come and rent the scooter or bike, be able to ride it around town, take it wherever they please, but they would need to bring it back to the property. 
Um, but in that time, no one else can use it. It's their private rental. We actually trick out the bikes and scooters with custom branding. Uh, so your personal brand will be out there. And then it's just a very cool way to entice your guests to come stay at your property. Now they don't need a car. So if you don't have parking, it's not a worry. And it's just a really fun new amenity. So this probably wouldn't work for like somebody up in the mountains, right? You wouldn't want to like take one of those through the snow. Not through the snow, but okay. we were active in the mountains of Colorado last summer. Okay, awesome. Okay, yeah. So yeah, we did so... take it up a mountain. There was no snow on it, but it was it was fun. <laughs> okay, no, that's super incredible. So, um, can I ask you just like on the back end side because software and tech itself is a beast, and I think it's good becoming uh, a lot harder to get into that space just because there's so many giants now that have already like, either created stuff or the the software is just forever ongoing and and you know evolving to a immaculate ways i can't even think of uh, especially because i'm not in that space but what is that like for you guys how was that development side and what what have you really learned like i guess from apps like uber and lime and other stuff like that great question so we actually started as a hardware company we were building this smart lock to streamline the operations of bird and lime went down that whole path and then realized hardware is very hard. There is that saying for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of hit a hit a dead end. And I was like, this might be the end of our lock journey. It might not. Um, we actually spun that lock out into an IoT device. And that's where the app comes into play. Gotcha. So the lock actually controls the whole system. It mounts onto the scooter, the bike, collects data on location, GPS, um, trip length, wow. rolls that all into the fleet management system we're, we're building and then collects data analytics, and it can really show a holistic pattern and picture of that small fleet. And so that's really kind of where the tech comes into play. Yeah. Uh, I am by no means a coder. So that's <laughs> the other part of Mount's team that we put together is a technical portion. Uh, we have a co-founder, his name is Matt. He actually was the head mechanic at Jump for the Denver fleet. So he oversaw wow. 500 bikes going out daily and really understands the operational piece, as yeah. well as he's an engineer. And then Rashab, our other team member, is the software portion. So he's coding the app, building the, the fleet management system, making sure that's all running. Um, definitely gone through a few iterations, and there's been some hiccups here and there. As you see with software, you know, too many users crash the system. Yeah. Uh, but we're growing, and it's a learning experience for sure. Well, that's uh, really interesting. And for me, like, what made you guys just what, – what made you specifically niche towards hospitality? Because I think – you could have just easily gone the Lime or Uber route where they're just like, all right, this city, you're going to get a ton of uh, scooters or bikes or whatever. Um, what made you kind of hone in on that certain market of whether it's property managers? Uh, it sounds like you guys even tested at a hotel in Colorado or something like that. Yes. So we actually did start the Bird and the Lime route. We were talking to them, working with them, and then they got so big that it was just impossible to work with a company of that size when we're a small startup. And the barriers to integration were going to take nine months. And I was like, I just want to test our lock and like fleet management system so that we have feedback to give to these companies. And so I got in contact with a local hotel called the Cohabit Hotel in Avon, Colorado. They were brand new in February of last year. So very tragic that they just launched amidst COVID happening. Um, but they were really willing to work with local startups, very tech forward uh, because they were a pod style hotel. And so they were like, yeah, bring up some scooters. We'll get our guests to try it. 
And I was like, thank you. I literally just need the feedback. And then it turned out that the guests were like, this is a great amenity. How did you think of this? Like, can we keep these? Uh, and then the hotel obviously isn't using them now because it's very much snowing up there. But in the summertime, it's going to bring back the scooters and bikes and get that program up and running. And so that was kind of the first taste of a product market fit where I was like, I wasn't thinking about this as a use case, yeah. uh, but definitely started to pursue it like right after that. And um, we went down the rabbit hole of trying to talk to apartment complexes, the large owned hotels, realized that wasn't the avenue forward either because of the red tape. And so then we stumbled upon this niche of like Airbnb hosts and property owners who maybe own one or two properties, very millennial focused, willing to really try any new technology. Uh, and that was our sweet spot. That's where we really hit the ground running and signed up a ton of hosts. That's super cool. And for, for me, like what better timing could that have been for you guys, especially because this gives the opportunity for hosts, property managers, or small boutiques to find another stream of revenue. If I'm not mistaken, like they're able to make money off of this, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They keep 45% of all revenue generated. So okay. it's yeah. Extra revenue stream. They don't take on the liability. Yeah. Uh, they get free vehicles. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And branded. That's super cool. It adds to the, I think that's one thing hosts, property managers, whatever right now, especially during COVID, they're trying to stand out and differentiate from Airbnb, quote unquote, uh, the fact mm -hmm. that they, they want to create their own brand. They want to tell their own story. And, and I think, you know, leaning away from platforms like that, they're really got to find a way to stand out and, and find more places than, you know, mints on the pillow to, to share their, their brand or their logo. So that's super cool. Um, so my question to you is like, how did you guys go about the liability aspect? This is super, um, like frightening to me, like not thinking like I've been on many scooters, like especially back when I was a little bit younger and probably drinking and going crazy and having a, a good time in the, in the city. But um, you know, where did you like, what kind of liability aspects are built into this with your company? Yeah, the liability aspect was something we really had to take into account because a, an electric scooter inherently is something you're going to fall off of. I mean, I've fallen off many, just, yeah. <laughs> I was pushing the boundaries and testing them for product purposes. That's going to be so, the coolest part of the job too. <laughs> honestly, very fun. I was giving a tour around Arizona and I flew right off. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't normally happen. It's okay. Um, but so for the liability purposes, we did kind of take what the large operators were doing because they kind of laid the groundwork for us and they tested all the lawsuits, you know, all of that two years pre our launch. So we mirrored their policy and worked with a local or like worked with a insurance company that's specific to micro mobility, scooter sharing and rentals. And so we have a specific policy actually in place for the way scooters and bikes are shared and rented. Um, and then we worked with that company specifically with this Airbnb model so that we can bring the property and the host under our policy. So that way they don't need to go out and get insurance. I mean, a micro mobility policy to give you a, a like ballpark number is Please like do. upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. They're oh, wow. a year. They're insane. <laughs> so if you have two scooters, you're not going to get an insurance policy because it's like not economical. So no. we take on that burden, but it, it works for us because we work with so many hosts. Um, and that way, you know, we can, we keep ownership of the scooters. So that way our policy stays in effect. Um, and then we take over customer service maintenance. So now we're not just offering the scooter, but we also offer the service of making sure the scooters are staying up to date. They're getting rented. Uh, your guest, if they have any issues comes to our company as opposed to the host. So yeah. we put up that wall just to ensure like, Hey, we're actually just stationing scooters here. Mount is still in charge. Yeah. Um, 
as another defense for the liability. And then lastly, we do have the rider sign a terms and condition sheets through the app, basically stating you won't ride it drunk, you'll wear a helmet. Uh, if you do do something that breaks one of those rules and hurt yourself, then the rider at that at that point is liable. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, I may be guilty of one or two of those rules um, being broken on my end back in the day, but um, now knowing. So my question now, so when did you guys start this exactly? Like what year? We were uh, starting to be a company in 2019, like January. So what's your scale at now with with your mobility and like your fleet uh, overall across the country? Where do you guys start at and how many do you have now that are kind of out and being used with hosts? Great question. So I guess in 2019 is really when we started in the micro mobility market, working with the larger players. It wasn't until January of this year, actually, we went into the Airbnb space. Okay. So it's only been a month, I guess, two months at this point. Yeah. Sorry. Time goes by (laughs) (laughs) two months at this point. Um, But we are operational in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Denver, and actually launching in Miami at next week. Nice. Um, Nice. So that's about 20, 25 scooters uh, a few hosts in each market. Um, and then we've actually to put people on a wait list because right now we're just trying to find that scalable model Mm -hmm. so that we can drop ship you scooters. If you're in a random part of Alaska, we'll get you scooters. (laughs) So right now we have a wait list of over a hundred properties, uh, around the United States and interest from hosts from actually other countries as well, like Puerto Rico, London, or like Britain. Yeah. And Canada. Uh, so I think, interest has definitely taken off. Now we just need to find a model that we can easily scale and get all of these people their scooters. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a good problem to have. Um, (laughs) And I like the fact that you really took in that, that like interface for the guest and then the host, like that you're able to get in between that. Because I think as a property manager myself, like there's so many to manage, like so many things to manage and so many tasks and checklists and, you know, just the, the day job of a property manager is endless. Um, and so having another thing, granted, yes, it is another service for other additional revenue and branding purposes, but still like finding out how to use it yourself and being very on top of like, you should know these things, but having that kind of assistance through your guys's company and brand is super key. And I think that's really uh, a kudos to you guys and your team for being able to like, yeah, we're not just going to like, all right, have fun, figure it out. <laughs> you know, here's your scooters. Don't, don't break them. If you do, Sorry. Um, type deal. That's, that's a really smart move on your guys's end. Thank you. Yeah. That's definitely what we were going for a bit higher touch than what you get with the other companies. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, now can I ask, I'm a, I'm a big data geek, so I'm kind of curious to hear, do you have any specific numbers or data insights from just what you guys have been seeing with mobility and just how this plays out in the industry of hospitality? Definitely. So it's actually interesting because mobility and hospitality go together very nicely in Europe. And that's actually where it's first started. So there are companies operating scooters at major hotel chains. We've seen them stationing it right outside of the the hotels, uh, specifically for the use of the guests. So it's not a new idea. I think it's new in the sense that there's no one doing high touch customer service, as well as drop shipping to very random Airbnb locations. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess also with the data aspect, we did find out that a lot of the large operators usage comes from tourists. You know, you're renting the scooter Friday through Sunday. That's really the peak time you're making a lot of the money. Mm-hmm. And well, 
most of the city governments think it's beneficial. It's adding a commuting tool. People are going to use this to get to and from work. We actually tested that model. We launched at a few uh, co-working spaces. Oh, and it was funny because we did not get nearly as many rentals as we did with the tourists. So it just proved the, that kind of further. And then also, I think with this model where you're actually renting the scooter from a property, it gives the person a sense of ownership over the vehicle. Mm -hmm. So now you don't have those people who are like randomly throwing the scooters and bikes into rivers, yeah. into lakes, yeah. and they're actually taking care of it. So we had a, a guest up in Avon who actually took the scooter 11 miles to the nearby town. He was just feeling it that day. And he was like, I'm going to go uh, and push the boundaries. And so he did that. He did the 11 miles back and it was very neat to see. He had a great time and, so we just have our guests keep pushing the envelopes basically. Oh, that's super cool. Um, you brought up a good point and I'm just thinking about that 11 mile trip. Uh, that's gotta be interesting. <laughs> um, but no, you bring up a good point because when I was, um, I think when Lyme was getting really popular, I would say like three or four years ago. I don't know. I think I was in, I wasn't in Spokane, but I was still in the national guard and in Spokane, Washington and Lyme bikes and scooters were everywhere. And I remember there was a lot of issues going on with regulation and, you know, cities welcoming, you know, is this something that we want? Is this not something that we want? Is this beneficial? How do we, you know, uh, regulate it and, and put laws around it and stuff like that? Have you guys encountered anything like that when it comes to certain hosts and destinations that maybe have already turned away companies like Lime? Yeah, it's definitely an operational gray area. Yeah. I mean, there are some places that explicitly have banned all types of scooters, whether it's personally owned or these fleets. Uh, so London is an example of that. Yeah. Like they will confiscate you if you're on a scooter wow. uh, and they will take it and they don't care if you bought it off Amazon or if it's a lime or a bird. Um, wow. That's not so much the case in the United States. There are laws, uh, depending on where you are, that say you can't ride an electric vehicle that's over 15 miles an hour on a bike lane uh, or on the sidewalk. So whenever we launch in a new area, we definitely do our due diligence, figure out what that, those laws are, and then tailor the software actually to those. So we can specifically say we don't want the scooter riding on this street. Oh. It can't go faster on that sidewalk. And then we also make sure it's okay to launch there. What we have found, though, for us, which is interesting, is we don't explicitly need the government approval mm. because technically it's a private vehicle on private property. Nice. So it's as if you were to buy your own or own bike. Yeah. Um, the government really doesn't have a say over that because it's it's a private vehicle. Okay. And so that's kind of how we get around that gray area. So if Bird and Lime have been kicked out, we can actually still go in and operate there. Uh, we just definitely don't want to be the company who's launching and not telling the, the city yeah. and then they, they get angry and kick you out. We're going to do it a better way where yeah. we work simultaneously. Um, but at the same time, they don't have as much jurisdiction over what we're doing. Dang, that's super smart and super, yeah, that's incredible. That's smart thinking on your guys' end. Like, good job. Like, I just got to tell you, that's, that's great. Um, great answer. Um, for, for COVID-19 in the aspect, like, has this affected you guys and how you operate, like what you're investing your time or like, you know, into the product itself? Has this changed anything or is this actually kind of opened up a lot more doors than you guys were expecting? I think it definitely opened up a lot more doors than we were expecting, especially the Airbnb market, because it kind of changed the way rentals were happening. Yeah. And so yeah. now you have people who are driving the two hours to go stay at an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. uh, it changed the type of renter almost. So I think it flipped the market on its head. And at a point where maybe these hosts or hotel owners are looking for that extra revenue, 
when they previously probably weren't, you know, post or pre-COVID when it wasn't as necessary um, to like penny pinch. So I'd say definitely helped in that sense. And I think there's definitely going to be a travel boom in the next, you know, year and a half, two years. And so right now we're basically placing the scooters property by property to get ready for that so that we can capitalize and be operational in 50 states when that happens. So smart. So smart. Um, I, I love that the aspect is that it's a very, it's very niche. It's very uh, like well thought out. Obviously you've been giving incredible answers, but like what's getting you guys excited? Do you guys see Mount becoming more than scooters and bikes or like, are you guys just going to stick to what you know? Uh, obviously you're still in that startup phase, but I'm just kind of curious, dude, what are your guys' plans for the future? Uh, yes, yeah, so this is definitely something we think about often. So we like to say we have a long-term strategy and a short-term strategy. Right now, the short-term strategy is definitely to dominate in the Airbnb space, uh, get those quick yeses and really build out that wait list as well as the fleets we can launch. Yeah. Our long-term strategy though is really using the short-term strategy to prove out the return on investment of our lock and software platform, showing that by using it, we're actually our fleets are like 10 times more profitable than a large fleet. Here's why. Mm. And then really taking that to the large players and being like, Hey, we can actually help you become profitable, help you become more like clean tech focused because right now their scooters are lasting three months on the streets. Yeah. And so that's the ultimate goal is actually these micro fleets and then also dominating the large fleets with our lock. So then we're touching every part of micro mobility. You have last mile delivery in there that the lock would be beneficial for. So really right now, you know, micro fleets are the future, especially in the United States. But to capture that global market, we are going to have to think bigger. Yeah. Which is uh, what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's exactly like you just nailed it on the head right, right there again. Um, is there anything in particular that like any kind of crazy story uh, other than 11 miles uh, and back? What's some other crazy, like good ones? I, I'm, I'm assuming there's got to be some good stories that people are like, doing some cool stuff with these, with these, uh, micro fleets, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because we were so prevalent in the mountains, we did have, I actually went, took one of the guests on a tour because I was there, you know, just kind of seeing how it was working. It was a pilot. And so we actually went up the mountain of Beaver Creek. I mean, I don't know who's listening, who's familiar with that, but it's a big ski mountain. It has paved roads though. So we took it actually up the whole mountain up to the little uh, town area up there and got to see the scooter on like very steep grades and then coming down, how it all worked. Uh, so that was actually a fun one that we got to see. Um, but mostly it's just really fun to see the guests when they come back, like the joy on their face that they just experienced. And then the addiction that kicks in because once you scooter, walking is so boring <laughs> that they just have to hop back on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's super cool. And I love that you said, so you just kind of sparked an idea in my head. You said you took someone on, you took a guest on a tour. So can property managers eventually get like a small fleet and then like book out some actual city like destination tours, like go stop at the local brewery and stop at the, you know, the local, I don't know, whatever coffee shop. There's all these, you know, certain like partner companies that they could partner with. Is this something that you guys see also playing into how property managers are operating? And if you aren't, if you're listening to this, I just gave you a free idea. You're welcome. Um, but I'm just kind of curious if, uh, if that's like ever been kind of a um, upsell service, like in your guys' head. Yeah, I mean, that's a brilliant idea. And one thing that is on our radar is keeping the community aspect alive because Airbnb is very community centric. Yeah. When we go to a new place, town, city, whatever it may be, we actually do try and get the local community involved 
uh, like local businesses. We can advertise through our app, you know, put them on the map, show them where to scooter to. So yeah, I don't think that's an unreasonable step to get to. I think that would be amazing, you know, partnering with either the local rental shop or the local uh, bike maintenance shop, having them perform the rentals and then also like the tours. So then they're getting extra revenue and the whole town is benefiting from this micro fleet that's stationed at an Airbnb. It's not just Mount and the host benefiting. Now we can get everyone involved. So that would be very cool and something I do hope to do. Okay. Awesome. So once we scale our portfolio and I get to a spot that's not super like out in the boonies and country where there's actually roads to ride these on, I'm going to be calling you up and be like, all right, I'm doing a tour. We're going to have this as our part of our business and we need a micro fleet ready to go. Perfect. I'm, I'm on board. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Awesome. Well, um, I, I, that's really all the questions I prepare. Like you have such a cool, um, company and just the overall aspect, I think it's something new and, uh, it plays really, really good into the experience and like the adventure aspect of travel and what we do in, you know, for the short-term rental you know industry. So I'm just going to leave it to you. What do you have any final thoughts, any final, like where can people find you as a good spot to, to you know leave off? Yes, thank you. Um, I mean, this has been a great time and I'm always happy to talk about Mount and the journey, but uh, I guess where they can find us on our website, which is mountlocks.com. If you are a property owner and want to join the wait list, you can actually just directly sign up there and hopefully get a fleet very soon. Um, we also have an Instagram page, which we're pretty proud of. So if you want to check us out, also mount underscore locks. Uh, we always post cool videos. I think my crash was up there on one of our stories. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that would be the two main places to find us. LinkedIn is another one if you, you know, you want, but uh, yeah, yeah, for the professionals, you know, for the, for yeah, the- you know, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, all my listeners know that I'll take everything in the show notes. So go ahead into the show notes of this episode. You'll see mentioned in this episode and there'll be everything from website, LinkedIn, Instagram, and all that good stuff. So Maddie, um, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you again very, very soon. Awesome. Thanks, Will. It's always good talking to you. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast.